Hey friend, welcome to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast, where we are all about taking inspired action towards showing up as the most confident and authentic version of ourselves. My name is Jess Bergio, and I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur dedicated to sharing the behind the scenes of how others created a life and business of their dreams. Each week, you can count on multiple episodes, bringing you an inside look at how you too can create the life and business of your dreams. Life and business isn't meant to be done alone. Join the Beauty Inspires Beauty community, where we connect each week to share our goals, dreams, and aspirations every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Bergio, and today I'm talking to one of my peeps who is one of us, salon owner, stylist, creative, entrepreneur, empowered woman to the max, Michelle Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Love being here. Love your energy. Um, so, so super excited to come on and just kind of spread some tips and tricks for everyone. I'm going to give everyone a little backstory because you graduated from Northern Michi- Michigan University in t- 2005 um, for cosmetology. And then you in- in- attended. Oh, my God. Can I talk today? Spit it out. <laughs> yes, she was. I'm so excited. I can't even talk right now. <laughs> The Finlandian University in 2009 for business and communication. So not only are you licensed, you also have a degree in business and communications. That's this all makes sense now, Michelle. <laughs> Throughout her career, she's played a variety of roles, stylist, manager, mentor, master colorist in both local boutique salons and spa businesses across three states and corporations, as well as a self-employed renter as a successful independent stylist. Although she's no longer behind the chair, making the transition to managing her own employee-based salons as a CEO and CFO, Michelle remains a growth-centered strategist who strives to remain innovative in her approach to the industry and the needs of her team. This is, can we package that up and like sell that to people? (laughs) Can you like that too? Or is this like, you're just one, you're like the unicorn that's out there. Well, um, I will sprinkle a little of, I am developing uh, courses that I'll be releasing later this year into next year, which is my way of just kind of spreading my knowledge and just giving back to, to the community. And also, you know, I had to learn all this by trial and error. And, you know, if there's some way, some little bridge that I can offer to someone, some tidbit, um, I really feel a passion to do that. So those will be coming. Cause nothing more empowering than to be educated. And, and when you have that education, it's like, I always say, you don't know what you don't know. And mm-hmm. so also what got you where you are, won't get you where you want to go necessarily. And I think sometimes in this industry, we don't even know where we can go. And I think for us who started out yeah. long ago, we didn't see what we could see now. Like the, the opportunities are limitless for what salons can do, the way that they can grow, scale a team, all the different revenue streams that you can bring into a salon. So, but take us back, tell us how you started in the industry and how you kind of evolved in the industry to, to what you're doing now, um, which isn't even here anymore. Right. So it's a, uh, it's a beautiful flow. I like to say, so started out in a corporate salon um, in a state that didn't do apprenticing. So just jumped right in um, behind the chair. And then I accepted a year out of school, um, a salon manager position, in addition to working full time behind the chair. I was like, all right, let's do this. Like, I'm the type of mindset where I will take the opportunity, I'll create the opportunity, and I'll just go with it. And like, even if I don't know what I don't know, I'm like, well, we're going to figure it out and it'll be fine. So started there and then just kind of went through with managing behind the chair full time in corporate and then uh, boutique salons. Um, Then a little bit later in my career. So I was behind the chair for about 10 years. 
probably year eight, I started developing some really serious health problems, skin issues, toxicity in my blood, um, those sorts of things, which uh, allowed me to get trained as an organic colorist uh, later in my career. It was unfortunately a little um, too late uh, for me, but I still wanted to stay in this industry and use my knowledge and my expertise of like years of managing behind the chair, uh, developing teams, um, having profitability for companies, like all that kind of stuff that I just did. In addition to doing hair, I just wanted to have a different, different role and a different impact. Now, you know, instead of impacting, you know, my team and my clients, I want to, you know, open a salon and I want to create you know, the culture and the, the teamwork and the structure that I knew could exist out there. And I just didn't see, you know, from behind the chair and in my local community. So I, you know, established what I wanted to see. And I mean, there is a definite reason why I have holistic organic salons. It's a part of my own health journey behind the chair. So that's a very real part of who I am and my vision. And that's true to me. I, I would never be able to own salons um, if they weren't organic and non-toxic. Cause that's just how my um, story evolved and did tons of research on like all of toxicity and brands and beauty products and all those things. So um, I'm also a natural um, researcher in general. So I'm an Enneagram five. <laughs> so very much the researcher, the observer. Um, but I also am not, I'm not a rigid person. And that's why I feel like I was able to kind of ebb and flow with what was kind of, put at me at any given time and just kind of go with it and have that mindset of like, yes, I can do this. I can figure this out. We can work through this, whatever it is um, that led me to booth renting. And um, I knew that if I chose booth renting, I would have to figure out what I didn't know, which was the other half of the, you know, the employer stuff that made me successful. I would have to figure out that stuff that I didn't know. And that's when I decided to do the business and the communication courses, because I was like, I need to fill in these gaps and I need to supplement if I'm choosing this area of what I want to do. And so it's just that kind of mindset um, that I've developed over time and the habits and all of those different things that have gotten me from just, you know, generational poor poverty to, you know, seven figure salon owner and all of the ins and outs in between and all of those things that light me up. I'm just very passionate about this industry and um, stylists in general, just letting them know that this is, this is some of the best, this is the best industry because it's one of the only professions, very few professions where you actually physically touch someone. And we've all seen how we can affect people, especially coming out of COVID and all of that. And just how you can play such a role in someone's life and how you can affect them. And then on the flip side, as an employer, how you can develop creatives to really believe in themselves and to explode their potential and teach them financial literacy in a way that they understand and that they can plan for the future, they can buy houses, they can buy the thing. We can have all the things that doctors and lawyers and all the things do, right? I wanted to elevate our industry by elevating the stylists and their mindsets and their habits. And I knew that came from me. So of course I had to like live that, you trial and error, all those sorts of things. So literally everything in my Meraki salons in the two locations in North Carolina stem from just my years of research and experience and trial and errors and like all the different avenues of the salon.
Oh my gosh. So much good stuff in there. Okay. So how did you know, let's go back to the beginning. How did you know that you wanted to get into this industry to start with? Was there a calling? Where did that like that creativeness come from? Because to me, I feel like natural resource researchers or the Instagram, the being a creative, like you, it's part of who you are, but at the same time, like there's that business foundation, that's just how you ended up where you are now. Um, what drew you to the career? So it was, so I started seeing a little bit about it. I had a girlfriend growing up who uh, enlisted in cosmetology. We have one in our hometown um, attached to a technical college, a university. Um, So it was very, it was still very accessible to me Um, right there. wasn't, you know, anything I could get financial aid for it. So, I mean, it was accessible. So I was kind of watching my girlfriend kind of go through it. And I was her model for a couple of, of the things. Right. And interestingly enough, my brother, um, for some reason, uh, started cutting my, my friend's hair in the kitchen. He gave him all the same haircut, but I was just like, that's, that's really interesting. <laughs> and I was just that's like, where did that come from? So maybe it's in your blood. Right. You guys were like, listen, we just get shit done in this family. So like, oh, don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> so, I mean, because I'm a natural like researcher, which means I sit back, I listen, I observe, I take things in. Um, I'm not a very reactive person. I like very much am like absorbing and then like the best way to go. So I just kind of like listened and watched and observed all those things. And then also just being from, you know, generational poverty, I needed to figure out kind of a quick way to get to where I wanted to go. So like make a living, like have a career, stuff like that. I couldn't afford to go to a four-year college. Like that wasn't an option for me. So I was like, okay, great. I can get financial aid. It's attached to all of this. So like logistically, yes, that was an option. And then like creatively, I was watching other people. And I was like, I really like, cause I am very much, um, someone who likes to go with the flow. I like structure, but I don't like rules. <laughs> so that is very much the creative side of me. Uh, I'm very abstract in the way that I think and feel and develop my businesses which allows me to kind of ebb and flow with whatever comes my way. And that served me well in the chair when you don't know really what's going to land in your chair at any given time, but you're like, all right, we're that, that, that strand test didn't go so well, but we're going to keep, we're going to go a toner didn't take. Okay. We're just going to move through it and we're going to figure it out. That's why colorist was very much my line of like forte. Cause I loved solving complex problems. So I just love figuring out stuff, just kind of even in school and stuff like that. So I thought the combination of like all the things that you could do in this industry, once I figured it out, so like cutting, oh, well, there's so many cuts. Oh, coloring, there's so much happening there. And then I was like, oh, then you could go, you could be a teacher if you wanted, because I really wanted to be a teacher too back in the day. So I was like, oh, what's a great way where I can like teach and I could do a lot of different things. And they're like, I don't feel like I could get bored. So kind of all of that kind of culminated into getting into cosmetology. And then obviously I did well with it. And I just really enjoyed the, the different things that you could do. And you like short-term was like, okay, the quickest way to kind of get out of my hometown and all those sorts of things. So I just found it to be a, a perfect match for me. I love that. We have very similar stories like that. And I feel like 
it is such an amazing thing that you can go to school for the short while that we do and get certified and be able to then take your career wherever you want. And I love that you mentioned like, it's, it's a career where you can never get bored in. If it, and I literally was just on a podcast this morning on someone else's, um, they were interviewing me, what top five tips I would give if you feel stuck or bored. And I was like, stuck and bored are two different things. I was like, stuck mm-hmm. is one thing. Bored is like, we got to talk because if you're using the word that you're bored, something else is going on is what I thought. And I was like, I've never once felt bored in my career. Even if I choose to only do cuts and colors and I don't do extensions or whatever, like bored is never the word. Um, and I think when you get to be creative with your hands and you get to use your brain to come up and problem solve, it's like, if you would have said that I had to problem solve, I had to have like group work. I would be like, Nope, I don't want it. I don't want that job. But it's like, when you can go in the break room and you can say, you guys, I have this new color that just sat in my chair. Can anyone help me? Can you do a walk by real quick and see, do you see yeah. what I see? Like there's such a fun camaraderie about like figuring things out like that. I totally agree with you when it comes to like color theory and cutting. It's like the same with business foundations. There's a foundation to how things work, like a, a haircut. And then you can take it and make it your own once you learn those foundations. And I think, you know, you being out there teaching these things, especially really pushing for people to understand their numbers and what it means to run a business like a business um, empowers people to know that they can be successful and buy a house and go on vacations and invest and open their own businesses as well. So let's talk a little bit about that because I'm sure you've had some really amazing lessons that you've learned over the years and in the industry. What would you say some of the greatest lessons have been um, for you as far as getting to where you are now and having the success that you've had? So number one thing, um, has nothing to do with hair. Um, it's your mindset. Mm. Uh, that's why I, I always say those that I hire on my team, I let them know about 50 to 60% of your success as a career stylist is your mindset and your habits. Cause with that, you can achieve anything. You can figure anything out. You can solve anything. You can get shit done. That's, those are my mottos and nothing is crazy. Yeah. You may need to cry in the break room for a minute. You may need to, you know, get a glass of water and all the things, and that's fine. You move through it. Right. But in the end is just kind of that mindset. And I, that is one of the biggest things that helped me get out of like my situation. Cause I could have just stewed in it and I could have just been, you know, this and that I was in, um, a very serious car accident when I was behind the chair. Uh, I was told I wouldn't be able to walk again, like a lot of those sorts of things. And I was like, fuck that. Like, I'm going to like, I'm going to pick out the pinkest cane ever and I'm going to walk again and it'll be fine. And I, and I don't even walk with a limp. I was told I wouldn't ever be able to walk without a limp. So, and that was in the middle, the prime of my, that's uh, right there. You're talking about the <laughs> pink room. I'm like, get that pink. Yeah. cane. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm going to pick the pinkest thing. And just like the fiercest thing that I could think of to just like move through it. And it was like, you know, there was, cause it's a weight bearing injury. Like it was a whole thing. I was out of work for three months and we know as stylists, we don't make money if you're out of work, that whole thing. And I didn't have the support system back then and all of that kind of stuff. So it's just all of my experiences, all of my trials and errors. I try and teach that to those in my space and now to other salon owners and other stylists in the area and in the States, which is you have to start with your mindset. You have to start with what I call seven figure mindsets, seven figure habits, seven figure leadership. And that starts with yourself. Um, So for me, it was personal development. It was educating myself on things I didn't know. 
Um, like I said, when I decided to go to booth rent, I also took these courses, right? When I was first year behind the chair, I took every um, master colorist certification I could take because I really loved color. So it was just like tons of those. So like anything I could grab, I was grabbing it, right? Okay, you want to be salon manager? Okay, I'll take that. I have no experience, nothing. I'm like, okay, let's figure it out. But like everything of that is just that mindset. That's what gets you past these quote roadblocks and they're never roadblocks. Um, I always teach that too. I'm like, this may feel like it's the end of the world right now. This is, you know, cause creatives, we're all emotional, you know, which is fine. Own your emotions, move through them. And here's where you can go. Like I always say like honor them. Um, don't shove them down. Cause that'll make you sick. Um, so I also teach like how to communicate, how to set boundaries, like for yourself, how to establish good routines, like the basic foundations of all of that, that I myself had to learn. And in order to get to this, because salon ownership, I tell you, is not for the faint of heart. Um, when you are responsible for a team and their families and their livelihoods, and the safety and security of people around you, that's a big responsibility. And there's a lot that goes into that. I call them all the nuts and bolts of how to manage all of that and all of those people and all of those different personalities and really figuring out how to unlock that person's potential and unlock that person's potential and figure that out. Um, but that comes with the owner being cognizant of what makes them tick. And I've always been very interested. In fact, I had a lot of clients back in the day in the chair because um, we know how we can have conversations and we're like listening to all the things and we're kind of their psych psychiatrist and like their listening ear and all of that. And I would get a lot of feedback from my clients back in the day that would be like, oh, like you just really broke through like all of those excuses that I had and like all these things, like you should be like a psychiatrist. Like that was some deep shit. And I'm like, <laughs> so like, I'm always like the deep thinker, like I'm not much of a small talk person, um, which is, you know, I can a little bit, you know, I can do a little bit of the BS because, you know, you got to, you got to, when you're behind the chair, but I'm the type of person who's like, oh, tell me what your morning routine is. Like, oh, what is your, what's your mindset? Like, what are you reading? The good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I like to, to dig deep because that tells me how, you know, how that person ticks. And I just really enjoy seeing that because I love seeing that in my team that I coach. I love seeing that in other salon owners and other people that I, that I coach and mentor um, to really unlock what success and potential means to them. And then being like, you did it. Like you have this support, like this little hammock underneath you. Mm -hmm. And then you can, you can do all the things and you can try and that's one of the things just coming from my experience of like, yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Okay. Well, I'm here to help you. I'm here to, you know, talk to that client if they're having a whatever. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't mind any of that, you know? So I kind of pass that along to them. Like everything is figure audible um, for anyone on my team. So that's the number one thing that I would say is start with your own mindset and what that looks like to you and just start a little bit. I mean, this is decades in the making, you know, I'm 41. So you know, I've been in this industry for, I don't know, 15, 20 years now. So make no mistake, it's consistent, buildable effort, you know, and you got to want that. And 
for me, it had to be mindset, just coming through all the things that lived in my career. And then I could have said like, oh yeah, I did really great at managing and really great at numbers. I can just go off and do that because I'm sick and my skin is hurting and all the things. But I was like, no, I want to use my expertise. I don't want to waste it. And I want to give back to the industry in a very real way. And that's when salon ownership came up. And, you know, I've been in all of the models of the industry, you know, corporate, boutique, um, commission, booth rent, all those things. And there's a reason why I chose to open a commission-based, employee-based salon, and then also a holistic organic salon for my health journey. But out of all those different ways, this was the model that I felt, first of all, could use some refinement at the time, because as you and know, you and I know, back in the day, we just didn't have some of the support and culture wasn't even a thing. Culture wasn't a thing. So I was like, I really feel like, you know, stylists need a voice. Stylists need to have a safe, supportive environment where they can feel heard, listened, honored for all of their skills, regardless of how many years behind the chair they have, because everyone thinks and feels differently. We're creatives, right? And like create a space that could all be fluid, you know, that comes with the owner understanding their why and set in their vision. And then that way you're drawing the right people to you that align with that. And just finding space and time for that, for these individual people to really unlock their own potential and to be a part of that and then just explode. Because it takes two, two parts to a successful career stylist is yes, your skill and technique, but we all know stylists who do okay work and they have massively full books because it's the other, right? 60%, I would say, that is outside of your technical skills, right? It's your communication. It's the way you make that client feel. It's all the other intangible things outside of the service um, because anything's really fixable, you know, more or less behind the chair, you know, and but the other thing is, how did you make them feel? You know, that's what they're going to remember. Um, and that's what really takes a lot of skill is that communication as well, um, which lives in mindset and all those different things. Yes, 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 yes. All of that. I totally agree. That was one of the things when I was transitioning out of the big salon that I was in, I, I kept asking myself, what was the difference between how I worked or how, how I operated versus the girls that were around me in the salon that weren't even half as busy? And I realized there were, there was so much more than the way the client left looking. It was how they left feeling, um, mm -hmm. after hanging out with me in the salon for those few hours. And, um, it, it's interesting because sometimes you just think, well, that's just like, that's just me. You, you can't, how do you put that into a process that you can teach somebody, but you actually can. And it does start with that self-awareness and, you know, building on that personal development. Like why, why aren't you a very good communicator? Why can't you connect with your clients? And I think the majority of people that are in this industry, they want to connect. They want to give that client that experience. Otherwise they wouldn't be here. Um, but some of us aren't as skilled or haven't had as much practice or, you know, sometimes you're put with clients, you're forced to do clients that you don't maybe aren't aligned with. And so therefore you really maybe don't have anything to talk to them about and you're done with the small talk. Um, but yeah, I think the majority of people in our industry, we are masters at small talk though. I am like you, I like to go straight in and get to the real, real with my clients. And hopefully they have that to look forward to just as much as they do leaving with the hair that they want. Right. Um, so talk to us through like why financial literacy is so important for you to teach to your staff and to 
anyone else who's looking to grow in the industry or become a salon owner? Like, why are, why is that so important? I mean, obviously we know we want to make money. Um, but why do you think it's such a plaguing thing in our industry that people don't have that financial literacy that they need? So again, that's from my experience as well. That is something that really helped me um, know my value, know what I could ask for. Um, it just gave me a sense of security and a sense of uh, ownership over my life is my finances, understanding just like the basicness of that. And then getting into, oh, how can I, because this industry, you can literally give yourself a raise anytime, any ticket, any environment. So that's another thing that I liked was like, oh, I have ownership over, you know, how much I can charge this person based on what I'm doing. And so I really understood that. And then I also understood that time is money in this, literally <laughs> every minute and the, you know, everything that you do in this service and then in this is money. So I understood that these sorts of things I would have tremendous control over in my creative hands. So for me, that was really important to just gain a sense of security and ownership over my own life and my own finances coming from my background. And then in my experience behind the chair and in dealing in different you know, business models, I understood because also I looked back, listened and observed to everyone around me at team meetings, you know, in all the different areas I was and could start to hear the conversations um, with other stylists and their guests just over decades and, you know, the emotional discounting and, okay, I'll do this if I do that. Um, or, hey, you got, you know, and then from the employer, like, this is what you're going to get paid. And then like very confusing compensation structures and like, all, like you had to be a mathematician to like figure this out. Right. And so it was just like, but it's so in my head, it was so easy because I had control over this. So where was this missing here? So over my experience um, and then also managing teams and then understanding how to take um, a, a company and a store that was closing and make them 90% profitable in year one as something I didn't own because it's unlocking the mindset of the stylist. And the way, the key to that is figuring out what success means to that individual person and then understanding how to unlock that potential with each individual person. Cause it's very custom and it's very tailored to each individual. And then also as the owner doing right by your team, by giving them transparency, conversations about numbers, but that comes with, Hey, the owner needs to know what their numbers are. They need to know what their benchmarks are. They need to understand where they can be flexible and where they cannot because they're responsible for everyone's family, right? That's under their roof. So there's times when you know when you can give and you can take, but that takes extreme literacy for you. And then for me, it was part of my journey behind the chair, just getting that security myself. And then I'm passing that, that habit of mine that I had for myself. And now it's for my team. And then it was managing. And then it, now it's salon ownership. So for me, it's, and I had people in my life, make no mistake that everyone else had, which was you only do hair. You only do that because you can't do something else, right? Um, those were told, told to me in my immediate family. So like all those that we've had, I've heard countless, countless times, um, which is why I also in my coaching and my salons 
really break it down to be like, here's your quote hourly productive rate, rate, not an hourly weight. We don't work at a gas station, but what are you doing as your productive hourly rate? And so that way you can take it to X and be like, hey, I make as much as the doctor or hey, I make as much as this. So they have a real understanding of like what I'm taking here minus my cut, minus taxes and all the things. And like, this is what I'm doing. And then this is the way that I can move the needle forward. And then I kind of like back calculate with them based on what they know, which is services. So it's taking your audience, knowing your audience, right? Which comes from being a part of the audience, right? Understanding what that looks like and then hearing and observing that from everyone that I had managed over the years and then really understanding how to chop it down for that particular person. Because a lot of that stuff I heard myself, you're not worth this. Oh, emotional discount this you know, person because they're going through X. Um, or like, oh, I didn't want to ask for this, or I did a full foil and charged for a half, like whatever it is, we've heard all that, right? So I like to educate them and be like, that's all fine and good, but this is what you lost. Are you okay with that? And then they're like, oh my God, or like a little bit here, a little bit there. I call it nickel and diming your dreams. So, and then also like, for them to understand that me as the company, what I'm trying to provide for you and everyone else in this big pot, you're also taking away an opportunity for me to give back to my whole team. So understanding how they fit into the whole structure of the culture, which comes from the owner doing right by the team and being like, hey, yeah, I've, I'm proving it every day that what I'm doing is also for you. And then we're working together to support each other to live this dream that we have. You're supporting my dreams. I'm supporting your dreams. So we need to know what that is and then how we can work and move forward together in a very clear, consistent, transparent way. And that just comes with knowledge. Yeah. So powerful. And when you are, you know, um, transparent with your staff like that and include them in on your dreams as the salon owner, I mean, the potential for your team to blossom and and to really understand what's going on, all the moving components and how they play a part and the role in that. You know, you said some things throughout, you know, this last few minutes that really resonated with me from a, we've sounds like we've run in the same kind of boat, right? I've been commissioned and booth rents and salon ownership myself, and I've consulted and coached other salon owners and got to see kind of from that point of view, what was working and what wasn't working um, and how really um, educated they were with their own finances and how they were kind of portraying that to their staff and what that was showing up looking like. Uh, and leadership to me is something obviously that's developed and it's not a one size fits all. So I'm so grateful that you mentioned that because I think if anybody listening uh, is thinking of becoming a salon owner, or maybe you are already a salon owner, you know, taking a really special note that you, you have to kind of be a different version of yourself for each person that works for you or with you. And that requires effort. And, and that requires you being able to pour from a, a filled up cup, right? Like you said, your morning routines, your rituals, your self-education, your personal time, 
Um, and I watch people really struggle to adjust when they have somebody on the team that needs a different version of them. It's like, mm -hmm. well, they should just be happy with that. I do this or whatever, or they should be more grateful or they should this or whatever. And I think when you can learn to speak to people's, you know, love languages or their communication style, that's when you can really start to build a diverse team because you don't want the same, like 15 yeah. chairs of the same person, you know, how boring would that be? That's what makes, I think this industry so amazing. Yes. Uh, Right. And then you touched on some things too, about, you know, us being called just hairdressers or you couldn't figure anything else out. So you became a hairdresser. And I think anybody in this industry who can figure out how to be successful is a, a freaking rock star. And that's the thing with any career, like not all people that go to, you know, law school become highly successful attorneys and not all people that become doctors become successful doctors. So it's like to put it, to put a, you know, ceiling on the level of success that we can have. I think you touched on, you know, everybody's level of success looks different for them. And as an owner, once you can get in and, and figure out the goals of each individual on your team um, and, and share that with the rest of the group and let everybody in on each other's dreams, that, you, that way, you know how you can support one another. Some person, some people might only want to make X amount while other people want to go off and eventually own their own seven figure salons. You should have an inclusive place where I could come work for you, but share with you, Michelle, that I want to one day be just like you. And how wonderful would it be to leave and say that you helped me get where I'm at? And unfortunately, I've seen in my time that that's not always what happens when people leave salons and go on to do their own thing. And it's always baffled me that, you know, you wouldn't be happy for someone leaving, even though they learned all the things they did and felt empowered enough to leave your space to go do their own thing. I was like, you should be like sending them off with a, you know, farewell party and saying, you know, I was a part of your, your growth. And so I think what you teach is just like, so needed and so important. And I, I challenge anybody who's in salon ownership or thinking about, you know, stepping into salon ownership, reach out to Michelle, have a conversation, see if there's some ways that she could help you, you know, grow your team, um, expand your vision on what's even possible because we, we didn't used to talk about seven figure salons back in the day. That just wasn't what we talked about. In fact, I think it was the exact opposite. Salon ownership isn't lucrative. This isn't the business you get into. You do it because you love it and you do it because it's fun and creative and you get to blah, blah, blah. No, at the end of the day, I think all of us go into business to make money and to be successful. Um, the amount of money you need to feel successful is on you. And the amount of money you need to live the life that you want is also, you know, strictly your decision to make. But I think once you know what's possible, um, then you have the opportunity to take whatever options come your way. And I love that, you know, you struggled with something so gnarly with like the toxicity and all of the plaguing and it didn't push you out of the industry. You saw a challenge and you were like, Hmm, how can I fix this? How can I make it better? And how can I figure out a way to still be in this industry but make sure this doesn't happen to anybody else, mm -hmm. let alone our clients. So talk to me about the power of like what having these non-toxic salons and this culture really means to you. Cause I know, I know it's a really big deal. Yes. It's a very much a part of who I am and my journey. Um, and you know, like I mentioned towards the end of my career, I became uh, an organic colorist through what is like the grandfather of organic coloring nowadays. Um, but it was, and then just all the research of that. And then I just went down my, you know, kind of wellness, holistic type stuff, even in my life, just like cleaning up my nutrition and like working out, which really helped my mental health. And, you know, I, I suffered from anxiety and panic attacks behind the chair, you know, mental health is a big deal for me. There's a lot in my immediate family. So navigating that kind of stuff, because 
in this industry, we give so much emotionally, mentally, and physically. And that's a part of that well-rounded, you know, training and coaching for stylists is we cannot neglect the mental and the emotional that we give so much to those around us and honoring that comes from honoring yourself. And so part of that also stems into creating a non-toxic culture because you can't, you know, be in an environment that you yourself thrive in. If there is just this like toxicity in the air, like it can be in your body and you get sick. And then it's also this air around you, you know, passive aggressiveness, backbiting, saltiness, I call it just, you know, more than just hangry. Right. So, you know, that's just a way of, you know, an easy way, in my opinion, it's easy to be negative. It's easy to lash out, right? That means that you're projecting, right? And you're not doing the inside work that you need to do, right? Just human level, just science right there. And so I really wanted to, again, use my years of research of like, oh, it's just this well-rounded mindset and building of all of that, that also will help me really set me up for success behind the chair. Because then I'm going to be mentally, physically, emotionally ready to take on the day. So that means eating well so I can stand on my feet for X amount of time. That's keeping myself nourished so that I can function and, you know, calculate formulas and do all the things, right? I got to keep sharp. And then also, how do I navigate and how do I communicate to different types of people? What happens if I come across a challenging guest? So all of this stuff is you just got to get these tools in your mind and in your heart that will help your hands in what you're doing. And all of that will help you not get burned out, allow you to set respectable boundaries, um, will allow you to honor yourself. And all of that, in, I just label non-toxic culture. So it's just creating a better environment for yourself to live, work, and thrive, and also understanding what that looks like. So I also want to mention too that when people, so for instance, right now I am kind of paying it forward. I'm speaking at a lot of local cosmetology schools this year um, to just give them tips and tricks of like what to look for when you're looking for a salon home. What are some good questions to ask? What are some red flags in culture and leadership? What are some ways to set yourself up financially? So a lot of that paying it forward. And Meraki is a lot of, you know, examples of those things. But um, I'm also putting myself out there so that people can understand don't succumb to peer pressure. Don't succumb to industry chatter about like, hey, you can only be successful if you booth rent. You can only be successful if you're this. You can't charge these prices if you're in a small town, like all, all that stuff out there. You do you. You figure out what success means to you. You figure out the environment that you will thrive best in, in the season of life that you are in right now. And that should change over time. If you want a house, if you want to start a family, that may that environment may need to change so that you can best thrive personally and professionally. If you're single and your parents are helping you pay for some of your stuff, you know, maybe this environment works good for you for right now in this season of life. And there's no bias. There's no judgment to that. That's another thing I want to kind of put out there is uh, there can be such polarizing views on these things. And why? We are creatives. We are meant to flow through life in a creative way. We're not here to be put in a box. Otherwise, we'd be in a corporate setting, right? We'd be in something like that. We're creatives. Let's honor the flow and honor each other. That's why there are many different business models in this industry. That's why there's many things you can specialize in. So you don't get bored in a lot of ways. So just look at the container 
that you want to thrive in. And that's another thing is I do create a lot of people who leave and really set themselves up for booth rent and stuff like that. But also make sure, and I think this is another thing that stylists need to understand, is there is a respectful and professional way to still leave a space in a way that does honor both sides. And in order to do that, you need to have a conversation. There's still such a thing as giving an appropriate leave. There's still such a thing as all professional courtesies and those sorts of things. So make no mistake, you need to do those sorts of things and also make sure that you're not buying in. You're not making this decision because you're buying into what your friends are doing or what the industry says or what you heard this one person say. It's like, does that work for you? You know, is this something that you're going to thrive in? And also, if you get to that point, you try it great and you find out you're really like drowning and you're really not thriving and you're really having a hard time. There shouldn't be any bias or shame in making a linear move, not a step back, mm-hmm. make a linear move to a different environment that works for you. This is not the only way to reach success. I have many six-figure stylists on my commission level team, many managers, many people that I've developed into that and helping other seven-figure salon owners. I mean, it's just different for everyone. So please, and that's another thing that I say to the students and that I also coach to others is just look at what lights you up. What is the environment that you want to thrive in? Don't do it because your friend's doing it or this industry person's doing it or the industry says this is the only way. No, this, that's why we got into this industry. So we could have the flexibility. We could have the creativeness to choose in a respectful way. So that's the kind of stuff that really, you know, lights me up and, just that whole financial stuff, especially for salon owners, you know, stylists who turn salon owners, you know, they don't have those skills, right? Those skills don't transfer. So it's about like being able to realize what you don't know and then asking for help, doing research, going to conferences, reading, whatever. Um, I did that. So when I first opened my business, again, from very habits of did when I booth rented, I had to supplement for what I didn't know. So when I owned my salon, I was like, okay, I'm now responsible for these employees. So I got certified in HR law, employment law, sales and use tax law. So like all those different things you're now responsible for, because by default, you're now responsible. You're now an HR department. You're now, I also took payroll law because I do payroll, like all those different things that you have to understand to do right by your employees. So again, doing the research, supplementing what I didn't know and doing it so that I could really make sure that there is a well-rounded way that I'm giving back to my team, making sure they're set up for financially. You know, we do retirement planning. We do, you know, we sit down and we digest their pay stubs. We let them know what they're actually making and taking home. We let them know on paper where they can go and how much they can earn. That's transparency. And that is me helping them, you know, figure out which path they want to go. Do they want to go over here in management? Do they want to go over here in education? Let's look at what that career path means, because I love creating opportunities inside my space. And they also know my journey that, hey, if you have a season of life or you're, you have a surgery coming up or something like that, guess what? I can give you something to do at home and pay you for that because I'm now creating an opportunity for you to do that. And because I successfully came away from the chair and I opened my salons 100% being away from the chair, 
and I did not go back to the chair. So I established my business practices to the point that I wouldn't need to do that. And so people can also say too, and I leave that open, hey, if you want to go down and you want to work less time behind the chair, create some true time and financial freedom, I've done that. And I can help you get there and whatever that looks like to you. So I've literally been able to do all of those sorts of things in the career of this industry. And now I'm just paying it forward and, you know, putting out courses and different things of that nature. Um, and then taking on, you know, some coaching people as well. And, but all that kind of stuff just really starts with the person. And that's really, yes, I can teach you systems and structures and all those sorts of things. And I'm actually not a numbers person. I actually don't enjoy them. I never graduated high school. Like I didn't, I had to teach myself all that kind of stuff. But what I love about numbers is it actually shows me behaviors and I actually see people's faces behind those numbers because that's what it is. It's that person putting in that performance. It's that person unlocking their mindset and being like, no, I'm going to do an add-on. I'm going to do an upsell. I'm going to sell that retail. And then that just tells me the behavior and the number is a, just a result of that. So it's, that's how I always view numbers is that's what gives me passion is unlocking that potential from someone so that they can live a better life in whatever way, shape or form that that looks like to them. That's and that it's, it's true to them and what they want to do. And then also just adding value to the industry. I want to add value to the commission business model. I want to um, elevate it. I want to elevate our industry and I want to add value to it down to like, hey, salon owners. The first couple of years, I didn't know what a P&L was. So I taught myself, I figured it out, went to conferences, did all the things. And then I created a custom P&L and I gave it to my CPA. And that's when we got profitable. That's when it was just blew up because it's a function of you got to know what you don't know. And our industry is a lot different than a regular business industry. There's a few yes business benchmarks, but three fourths of that is industry specific and is specific to the type of margins that you want in your own particular business. So doing that and understanding that just comes with that, you know, research and making that work for you so that you can enjoy what you're doing and, you know, eventually, you know, make a business that you could sell that for me, I want to be able to sell them to my employees. I want them to be to buy shares in my company so they have real ownership into what they're building. All of those things are career opportunities for them. And that's, again, another way that I want to elevate this kind of model. And basically, like, you win, we win. We win together. Yeah. So where can, if someone's thinking about stepping into salon ownership, do you have a course or program that can train and teach them all of these things? Or is that how they worked with you one-on-one to learn all of the things that you've learned in salon ownership, because it sounds like if you want to be highly profitable and you want to create all the things that Michelle's talking about, it's a lot more than, Hey, let's go find a space, paint it really pretty colors and invite all your friends to come work there. Because I've seen salons be what seems like successful and thriving and you get behind the books and you look at the numbers and that's not the case. They're spending more than they're bringing, which is a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, a month, whatever it might be. But if your numbers are not good, then your numbers are not good. It doesn't matter. A business at the end of the day is supposed to be profitable. Um, not just keeping the doors open. So is there a way that if people want to step into ownership, they can work with you? Is it just find you on social or is there a program? Yes. 
So um, my courses will be released later. Right now I'm doing one-on-one coaching. Um, So they can DM me directly on Insta and then uh, we can do a quick chat, uh, see if we're a good fit. Um, I work with, I like to work with uh, not only foundations, but also advanced. So I'm a seven figure salon. So it takes a different type of management of that type of money. Um, And then the multi-locations, you know, a lot of employees, that sort of thing. So understanding the advanced portions of that, and then also, of course, the foundations that get you there. So it doesn't matter which, you know, level you're at. Um, I'm able to offer help and assistance with that, whatever that looks like. And especially, you know, my heart goes out to those that are, you know, year one, two, three in the business, you know, where they're just like, I don't know what I don't know, but I don't know how to get help. So I really love helping and supporting others, especially those in the industry. So yeah, just DM me. Um, and then also too, I've got a, uh, text community that I'm setting up, uh, where you can text me mindset matters. And that's where I can give you just some positivity, daily positivity, some daily, you know, tips and tricks. And then that will also be where you'll be the first to know when I release my courses, um, which will be, um, habits and mindset, uh, financial literacy foundations and advanced leadership and culture. Amazing. So send me the phone number. We'll put it in the show notes for you guys. If you're driving or you're walking, you don't have to memorize the number. Um, But you reach out to Michelle. If you are thinking about opening a salon, if you already have a salon and you just wanting to be more profitable, put more structure in place. uh, If you are already thriving, making six figures as a salon owner, but are are interested in pushing to seven figures or multiple locations, growing a team, um, any of this, lean in, ask the questions and, you know, be around people, get around people who are doing and, and achieving the things that you want to be doing. Michelle, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. So good to just like be around empowered people who want to empower others. Like that is one of the things I just love the most. And, um, thank you for all of your time. And really just, it's people like you that bring the passion back for me, especially like as a salon owner too. And as someone who's also a coach and a mentor, it's just so amazing to see. And that's why we all know there's enough to go around and there's enough clients, there's enough coaching business, there's enough, all the things, but you know, if you resonate with somebody, lean in, ask them more questions and and see if it's a right fit. So all of her info will be in the show notes. Um, and I, I, I just wish you the best of luck with growing your businesses. I know you're going to do amazing things. You already are, you already have, Um, so thanks for spending some time with us on the beauty inspires beauty podcast. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It was a blast and I hope I helped someone or made someone laugh. And that's all I asked for. Oh my God. I'm sure so many takeaways It's probably a podcast. You're gonna have to listen to twice, maybe three times to take some actual notes because again, it's, it all goes back to our own mindset and then what, what we are doing to hold ourselves back. You guys know how much I love talking about creating those boundaries and and rituals and non-negotiables. And I think one of my favorite things that you talked about today was if you've moved into a season of your life where your current environment isn't supporting you any longer, whether that's a good or a bad thing, meaning like, you know, something changed or you changed, like recognize that and be okay with moving, uh, even to a different space or exploring what that might look like. And I also love that you gave us permission to, if you try something on and it doesn't feel like a right fit, say you become a salon owner and quickly realize I don't actually like managing people. That's okay. We have to try things on sometimes for size. It's just like, if maybe you decided to do extensions and then realize you don't want to sit with someone for six hours, that was me. I was like, that's not for me, but I wouldn't have known if I hadn't tried it. So get out there, try some things, get around people who are doing the things you want to be doing. If you love this episode, share it with a friend, another person who might be interested in 
growing their team, their salon, and let us know on social media. And we'll see you guys on the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you could share it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out to more people. So until next time, be you unapologetically.